Chapter Twenty of the Film of Fear by Arnold Fredericks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty. Ruth Morton had received a fearful shock the evening before, but by the morning she had recovered from the immediate effects of it, although she still felt extremely weak. When Duval and his little party arrived at the apartment on Fifty Seventh Street. They were received in the library by Mrs. Morton. She greeted both Grace and Duval cordially, but it was evident, from her manner, that she found the presence of the Norman woman and Miss Ford highly distasteful to her. Duval drew her to one side, leaving the two women in charge of Leary and Grace. How is your daughter now, Mrs. Morton? he asked. Better, I think. May I see her for a few moments? Yes, she is expecting you. Come this way, please. She is occupying my room at present. She still has a fear of the other one. The one she formerly used. I see. But she need not have it now. There will be no further trouble. He followed Mrs. Morton into her bedroom. Ruth, looking very haggard and white, was sitting in an easy chair by the window. Duval was amazed to note how terribly the shock of the night before had affected her. How do you do, Miss Morton? He said, offering his hand. <laughs> I am glad to find you almost yourself again. The girl looked up with a faint smile. Thank you, Mr. Duval. I am much better. I understand that you have found out who has been causing me all this trouble. I think I have. But before I go ahead, I want you to give me a little assistance. Do you think you would know the woman who came to your rooms last night, in case you should see her again? Miss Morton shuddered. I... I don't know. I do not think I saw her face. It was all so very sudden. Oh, tell me about it. Duval said. It may help me to get at the facts. That is, if you feel able to do so. I think I do. What shall I tell you? Just describe in a few words what happened. Well, as you know, I had been feeling rather better yesterday, and had begun to rather laugh at my fears. Mother was with me constantly, and Nora as well, and I began to feel quite cheerful again, especially as I knew that you were making splendid progress, and had found the woman who had been writing me. Mother told me that you expected to arrest her before the day was over. She said your wife had been helping you too. After dinner, Nora, who had been in the hotel all day, asked permission to go out for a while, and Mother told her she might do so. The poor girl had been almost a prisoner since we arrived at the hotel. That was about eight o'clock. About half-past eight, a boy came into the room with a card, upon which was written your wife's name, and a note asking if she might see Mother for a few moments. We both looked at the card, and then Mother decided to go down and see her. She instructed me to lock the door while she was out, and of course I did so. In a few minutes, Mother came back. She seemed greatly excited, said that she had seen Mrs. Duval, and that you had sent a message to the effect that you had arrested the woman who had been threatening me, and wanted Mother to come to your hotel at once to appear against her in court. It was necessary, the woman who pretended to be your wife said, that Mother should come at once, as otherwise the woman couldn't be held. We talked over the matter for a few moments, and I told her that I thought she ought to go. She seemed rather afraid to leave me alone, but I promised to keep the door locked. And anyway, as I pointed out to her, if the woman was arrested, I had nothing further to fear. 
At last mother decided she would go, and left me. I locked the door as soon as she went out. It seemed to me a very few moments before I heard someone rapping. At first I supposed that mother had come back for some reason or other. Then I thought it might be Nora, who had said she was only going out for a breath of air. So, suspecting nothing, I unlocked the door and opened it. A woman came in, very quickly, before I realized it. She was not tall, and rather slight, and I think she had light hair. I couldn't see her face well, because she had twisted a black veil across it, hiding her eyes in the upper part of her features. She turned, as soon as she got in the room, and locked the door. I was too surprised for a moment to speak, and then I asked her what she wanted. "'I want you,' she said, in a terrible voice and I saw that she was taking a bottle from her handbag. I was so frightened that I could not cry out, although I tried. You see, the warnings I had received had gotten me so worked up that my nerves were all on edge, and as soon as I saw the bottle I concluded that the woman was about to throw vitriol in my face. So I put my hands to my eyes and ran into the bedroom. The woman came behind me, saying that my looks would soon be gone, that my days as an actress were over, and other things like that which I scarcely heard I was so frightened. When she got to me, she caught hold of my arm and pulled me around, facing her. I couldn't keep my eyes closed now, for I simply had to see what she was doing. It seemed worse not looking at her, for I thought I might take the bottle away from her and save myself in that way. So I took my hands from my face and rushed toward her. Then she raised the bottle and dashed something into my face. It seemed hot, stinging, and made my eyes burn frightfully. I was sure it was vitriol, and the thought was too much for me, I guess, for I felt myself falling, and, well, that's all I remember until I woke up and found the doctor and mother there. It was a terrible experience. I could scarcely believe them when they told me, after I came to, that I wasn't really hurt at all. Duval looked at the girl's face. It showed no signs of injury, although her eyes were red and inflamed. Then it wasn't vitriol, after all he asked wondering no it apparently wasn't the doctor said he thought it must have been ammonia remarkable duval muttered to himself why should she have gone to all that trouble just to frighten you that's apparently all she intended to do from the start do you know mr duval i've been thinking this thing over and i believe her whole plan from the beginning was merely to ruin me in my work by fear and i must say she very nearly succeeded very nearly said duval with a frown if this thing had kept up for another week or two you would have been a complete nervous wreck i am now i'm afraid miss morton said sadly i don't feel as though i could act again for a long time oh yes you will you have youth and that is everything and now tell me do you think if you look at this woman you might recognize her the girl shuddered is she here she asked yes in the library you think it would be quite safe quite she can do you no harm while i am here very well i will see her if you wish it but I am very much afraid that I shall not be able to identify her. Duval held out his hand. Come, he said. I will take you in. Miss Morton rose, and walking slowly and with considerable effort, went with him into the front room. 
standing in the doorway with the detective beside her she confronted the two women they regarded her with stony indifference miss morton duval said do you recognize either of these two women as the one who attacked you in your rooms last night the girl gazed helplessly from miss ford to her companion and back again then she slowly shook her head no she said it might have been either of them they look somewhat alike but as for saying which one it was if it was either of them i am afraid i can't the woman was veiled the room was not brightly lighted and i was very much frightened the look of disappointment in duval's face was reflected in that of both grace and mrs morton the two women on the contrary seemed vastly relieved miss norman's mouth curled in rather an ironical smile are you through with this inquisition now she asked for if you are my friend and myself would like to continue our journey you have had no right to bring us here in the first place and i am strongly considering making a complaint against you for having done so she grasped firmly the umbrella she had held in her hand all the morning and turned as though to go leary however stood before the door you have apparently forgotten duval remarked going toward her that i still have a charge against you for attacking my wife very well make it i can prove that your wife forcibly entered my apartment under false pretense saying that she was collecting money for the war sufferers in poland if i attacked her it was in self-defence that isn't true cried grace you sprang at me my word is as good as yours miss norman interrupted and my friend here will bear out what i say she nodded to miss ford you also she again faced duval broke into my apartment without warrant and killed my pet monkey you will have to answer for that as well you have accused me of sending threatening letters to this girl here i defy you to prove it duval who had been coming nearer the woman all the time reached out and snatched from her hands the umbrella she held the others in the room regarded him with astonishment the woman herself gave a cry of anger and starting forward tried to recover her lost property duval yielded to her at once but not before he had torn from the handle two small round balls covered with knitted silk that hung from it by a heavy silken cord miss norman seeing what he had done drew back with a cry of anger a few incoherent words trailed from her lips duval paying no attention to her ripped open one of the silk meshed coverings and extracted from it a small round black object about the size of a hickory nut he gazed at it for a moment then going quickly to the table in the centre of the room brought the thing down smartly upon its surface there was a crackling sound and bits of some black substance flew in every direction a moment later the detective raised in his hand a glittering bit of metal and held it up so that the others might see it the death's head seal he said quietly miss norman fell on her knees before ruth morton her hands upraised forgive me forgive me she sobbed
End of chapter 20